Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Thank you, thank you. Be seated, be seated. Be seated. I can't be a hypocrite. When I introduce people at RLA, I usually say their credentials, and I say, and they're okay, but God is great, okay? So uh, I'm just okay, but man, God is great. And I'm so excited to be here. I just want to welcome the locations. I get to be a free agent here at Radiant, so I get to spend time at downtown and in St. Pete and can't wait for what God is going to do out in Brandon. So just welcome. And for you who are first-time guests this morning, I I just want to caution you, uh, just... Come back next week. Okay. I, I'm really like at a loss. First, I mean, it's bad enough that you're all on uh, time zone, time difference jet lag right now. That's kind of, I'm usually where Pastor Aaron is and he's usually here. I'm the missionary who's traveling around, so it's a little bit different, but it's kind of tough. I, I, I'm a little lost this week because were you here last Sunday with Pastor J.J. Vasquez? What an amazing message. I mean, people are on their feet. I was on my feet, like jumping up and down. It was so awesome. Then anybody here from first Wednesday, this past Wednesday? I mean, our very own worship with Pastor David. I'm telling you, that guy, he's younger than my youngest son, and he can out-preach me. I mean, I was cheering along. And then, of course, Pastor, next week, Pastor Aaron will be back in the pulpit, and we can't wait for that because we just love hearing from our lead pastor. And I'm, what am I doing here? And, uh, and you may be asking that yourself in a few minutes, but... but but I realize, and what I want to explain something about when I preach, and I, and I need to do this, I want to help you, because we're a little bit of a different church, and I, I love our lead pastor. See, we believe in the fivefold ministry, and for you who don't understand that, in the book of Ephesians, God says that he gave apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors, teachers for the building up of the church. And we get most of those, but we don't get prophets. And I have a prophetic voice. And, and you don't want a prophet in your pulpit very often, okay? I can't handle listening to myself that often. But Pastor Aaron recognizes that, and he has me come in about every six to eight months, and that's about right. And I come in, and, and I stir things up. That's what prophets do. God used them throughout the history of his people. When people are down, when people are in bondage, when people are slaves, he brings prophets in to just give them that word to shake them up. And then he brings in the pastors and the teachers and stuff to lead them forward. So I'm coming at the beginning of the series to stir things up. And then Pastor Aaron next week will be coming for the next week, uh, several weeks to lead you then in the application of what we're going to talk about. Let me illustrate it personally. Uh, and, and I don't want you to reject this because I literally have preached a message. I preached at a church and I got done and a woman came up to me, and a man came up to a, the pastor who was standing next to me, and the woman's just crying, going, thank you for that message. It changed my life. And I literally overheard out of the corner of my ear the guy saying to the other pastor, why did you let him in the pulpit? And that's prophets. They stir something up. You're, you may go away happy. You may go away mad. But you're going to remember that something was happening here. And I want to tell you, when somebody comes into your life and says that word that just, like, shakes you up a moment... You don't have to agree with it, but just stop and listen. Is this a prophet from the Lord? In fact, one of our RLA grads, Joe, I mean, RLA students right now, Joe's, man, he is so on fire for the Lord. We can't even stand that close to him. We have to, like, distance. He's just on fire. But I remember I met Joe when he was just still trying to figure things out. And he goes, remember, Pastor Doug, when you met with me for lunch and, and you gave me that word and you throat punched me with God's word? I throat punched you with God's word? And he goes, and it changed me. So this morning, are you ready to be throat punched with God's word? That's what I want to say this morning. Okay. Uh, I, I bet at the end of the sermon, like, like last week, you're not going to be up and jumping, but I tell you what, I believe you're going to hear from the Lord this morning. Would you pray with me, please?
Father God, I know who I am, but even better, I know who you are. And God, you say to those who believe all things are possible. So we believe that you will move amongst us and teach us and lead us to the way you want us to go. So now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. And we pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Okay, ready? Are you ready for this? Strap in, let's go. Because uh, we're going to be talking this. We're starting a new series, and it's called Strapped, and it's about money. That's right. I said it. We're going to talk about money in church. There he is, Martha. That Pastor Doug gets up there. He's always talking about money. Because if you were here last August, the last time I was up here, we talked about money. But why are we talking about money? Because Jesus talked about money. Because it was one of his favorite topics, and he talks about it. And because you think about money. In fact, why are you going to get up tomorrow for work? Because of money. What are you going to do today? You're going to probably go out after this. And where are you going to go? It's going to depend on how much money you have, right? We always think about money, but we don't want to talk about it in the church so we, so we don't learn about it in the correct way. And I want to talk about money. And the other reason is, and this is why Pastor Aaron wanted to do this series, and I loved how he listens to the Holy Spirit, because we were going through, I remember that Wednesday, we were praying through the prayer cards. You send in your prayer cards, and the staff gets together, and the pastors, and we pray over these cards. And we were talking, it's like, it seems like every other prayer request is about finances. We pray for my job. You pray for my finances. You pray for me to pay my bills. And, and we're stopped all the time. And, and from people, like, can you help me? I'm having problems with my finances. Pastor Aaron's like, we need to do something about this. And I love how he's sensitive to try and help people. And that's what we want to do. This isn't a message where you got, oh, hold on to our money. You know, hold on to our wallets. He's going to go after our money. No. What we want to do, and here is the goal of this message. The goal is to putting more money at your service. That's the goal of this message. You can get out your notes here and write that in there. It's putting more money at your service. Now, I thought about this. How did I want to say this? I didn't want to say putting more money in your pocket because more money in your pocket might not be the best thing for you. It might just create more problems in your life. I didn't want to say money at your disposal because that's a myth I'm going to blow up in a little bit like, okay, you've done your God bit. Now you can just do it with whatever you want. That's not what we want. We want it at your service because money is a tool. It's simply an instrument. And you don't work for instruments. You use instruments to work for you. And I love to say, I don't work for money. I make money work for me. That's the right idea that you should have about money. So that's what we want to talk about. But the problem is so many people in churches have problem with their finances. And why is that? And I've been thinking and meditating even since last August. And I've realized what the problem is. We have a problem in our church, and it's that we don't understand the difference between conventional and unconventional warfare, and which is really ironic because we're by McDill Air Force Base, which is the headquarters for the Special Forces Unit, which are the masters of unconventional warfare. And I'm like, in fact, I was talking to some guys this week, and I said, why don't you bring that into the church? Help us understand unconventional warfare. See, we understand conventional warfare. Conventional warfare is where we put on uniforms and we have the enemy and they're clearly defined and we use guns and tanks and bombs and we shoot and fight each other and that. And it's very clearly defined. And it was great for the old days or if you have two equal enemies fighting. But when you have a superpower fighting somebody weaker, they can't fight that way. So how do they fight? They fight through unconventional warfare. And that's what's happening to America you have our enemy, and they're sitting on their computers, and there's literally, talks about some countries, there's whole warehouses where they just sit on their computers, and these bots will just send out information, getting into our computers and our social media and, and, and spreading lies. 
spreading discourse, the unconventional warfare is getting behind, getting to the enemy and, dis- and sowing discord and sowing the confusion and making lies seem true and truth seem lies. And that's the kind of warfare we're in. Why? Because we are in part of the superpower. It's called the kingdom of God, which cannot be defeated. And Satan is the loser and he wants to fight you and he wants to take you down, but he can't do it through conventional warfare. I mean, we see still conventional warfare. I travel around the world. I see it in America, but I see it a lot overseas. If I'm praying over a guy and he falls down on the ground and starts slithering and speaking in this strange voice, I don't have to go, huh, I wonder if Satan's attacking him. It's conventional warfare. But people always ask me, how come we don't see that much here? He doesn't need to because he's already went through unconventional warfare. He's already got the victory because that's his first strategy is getting it and sowing discord and, dis, and disinformation amongst us as a church so that we start following his ways instead of the ways of God. And then that causes problems in our life. So we want to talk about the problem and it's simply the ignorance of Satan's strategy of disinformation. Satan has a strategy to mess up your life, and he does it through disinformation. What do I mean by disinformation? When you can see it right there, it's deliberate, uh, deliberately misleading or biased information. I love the next part, when the definition. Manipulated narrative or facts. He manipulates the narrative. He manipulates the story just enough where it brings some confusion in your life. And, well, I can kind of do this, and... Well, that's okay if I do that. And the next thing you know, you're down a bad path. And it doesn't start with the, the, the big bomb. It starts with the little disinformation that you start to believe that leads you down the path to the conventional destruction of your life. We shouldn't be surprised at this. This is what Satan does. And he's done it from the beginning. We're not ignorant of his schemes. Look, think about the first sin. Adam and Eve, if you don't know the story, God created everything good. Everything was good. And one of the good things God created is freedom because freedom is good, right? You don't see people marching, I want to be a slave, you know, put me in bondage. You never see that. We love freedom. And God created freedom because God is a good God. And he gave Adam and Eve freedom. And what happens after he gives them their freedom? Satan comes along. And look what it says there in Genesis 1, 3, 1, chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field. See, he knew about unconventional warfare. And he said to the woman, look what he says. Did God actually say, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? Did God actually say, let me put a little disinformation, let me put a little doubt in your mind, let me put a little question mark in your mind. And you know then he goes on and he distorts the word of God. But it started with that first, that disinformation of questioning, does God really say this? Is this really true? Boy, this is so important. This is one of those, I heard this and it just blew me away and I've been thinking about it and I've adapted it. Satan did not attack Eve with a bullet. He attacked her with a misleading idea. Okay, we'll close in prayer now because, I mean, really, if you get that... And if you have a problem in your life, you need to stop and think, have I been, leading to a, have I been listening to a misleading idea? Oh, it's okay. It's not going to hurt you if you do that. Oh, just have a little fun. It's not, it's not going to have any consequences. And you just get these little doubts, so you start going down a path, and the next thing you know, your life's messed up. And you know, I love to say that. We don't talk about sin anymore. When's the last time you were at Starbucks, man? Hey, did you commit a sin this week? Yeah, what about you? No, we don't talk. But you ever like, man, are you messed up? I'm messed up. I'm all messed up. That's what Satan does. He gets this misleading idea in our minds, so we become messed up. He did it with Jesus. 
Again, how is he going to fight Jesus? Jesus is the son of the living God. So what does he do? He tempts him. And in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, he comes after him. You see it in your notes there. If you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down so that the angels will catch you lest you dash your foot against a stone. If you bow down to me and worship me, all these things will be you. If, if, circle that in your notes, that word if, if, if. If God really loves me, he'll let me have a little fun. If God's so forgiving, it's okay if I can get away with this. It's, it's not that big of a deal. If, if, if. And we see this all over. We see people who have problems in all areas of their life. And I want to say to you this morning, and this is, I know this is heavy. This is like, wow, you know. But I want to speak to your mind so that the spirit can speak to your heart so that they can come together so your life can be changed. If you have a problem in your life right now, your relationships are messed up. Your finances are a wreck. Your kids and you, man, you can't talk. Your marriage, you don't know if it's going to survive. I encourage you to just take a moment and stop back, stop this week and just contemplate and think, have I been listening to a lie? Is Satan misleading me with some disinformation? And where it comes from is, is through media. Look at media. I mean, if you look at media, it's just so dangerous, just so dangerous. You know, you know fathers, my son just, my oldest son just was in town for 24 hours. And it was 24 hours of my wife and I and him just sitting, listening and talking theology. And he's 35. He's a pastor. We're just loving each other and just having a great time. But if I, if I listen to the media, you know, parents are messed up and kids are all in rebellion and everything's so bad. It doesn't have to be that way. Why do I listen to that disinformation? Why do I not think it can be great? What about social media? What can you believe now? It's fake news. It's all fake news. What can you believe? All, my, all, all men are beating women. Isn't that right, women? You shouldn't trust men. They're all pigs. Get away from them. Be your own woman. Not all men are pigs. Many women, men treat women right. Not all women are feminists fighting against men. And no, there are many women who are godly and want to do the right thing. Why am I listening to social media that's trying to ruin and create fights between men and women. And we wonder why we have so many messed up relationships because we listen to the disinformation that Satan puts out there. And so any area of your life, I'm just encouraging you. I'm not, how I, I, I'm not gonna try and hype you up today. What I'm gonna try and do is plant some seeds in your mind that you will listen to the truth this week and God will change your life. But I wanna get it to, let's just, let me apply it to one area and that's about money, about finances. Because again, we see so many people are in bondage and are broken. And here's the goal. Here, this is the unwritten goal, but the goal that we want to have is that you ask the question. See, the question shouldn't be, can I give? The question is, should I give? Now, this is what we want. Think of the difference. The question shouldn't be, can I give? The question would be, should I give? See, you come across those situations where somebody in your family has a need or, or you meet a poor person on the street or, or you hear about a project overseas that you want to give to and your heart's stirred, but, but you have to ask, can I give? I don't know. I'm, I'm already strapped. I don't have enough money, but I'd love to give. And that's a horrible place to be. And that's not why God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you so you can ask yourself, okay, I've got margin. I've got money. God's blessed me. Should I give to this project? And you shouldn't give to every project. My wife and I this week had two golden opportunities of giving to, to 
areas that would make a difference for the kingdom of God. And one of them we looked at and we didn't have to say, man, I, can I give to this? We? No, we have the money. We live the biblical principles. Our question was, should we give to this? And we prayed and one of them was like, eh, no, I don't know. Somebody else can fund it. Praise God, I'm not that excited about it. But then the next one, ooh, my heart, boom, 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 boom. That's the Holy Spirit in you and that's how he builds up his kingdom. Now, we're not talking about the tithe. The tithe is just something you, you, just, you just do the tithe. If you don't, you're robbing from God and you have to deal with that between you and God. I tithe. God has always blessed me and that's just it, okay? So you just, there's a throat punch right there and just deal with it, okay? If you want to be blessed from God, Malachi is very true. It's, you're robbing from God if you don't tithe. And if you're one of those, well, we're New Testament Christians. We don't have to give 10%. You're exactly right. Jesus said to Rich Rung Euler, give everything you have, sell and give it all away. So you can go 100%. If, you're, if your tithe is 100%, man, I'm impressed. Go, you know, you come and teach, okay? You give what the Lord leads, but just don't rob God. That's all I'm saying. But the generosity that we give on top of that comes because we live according to God's principles and we don't listen to the disinformation that Satan has about our finances. Does that make sense? So the question isn't, can I give? It's just, should I give? And that's what we want for you. So let's apply this. There's three areas I clearly believe Satan has brought disinformation into our lives regarding our finances. And that's why so many of the people in the church are struggling. Now, again, I don't exaggerate. Not everybody in the church is broke. Not everybody in the church is dead. But too many are. One is too many. Because it means somebody got snagged, got trapped by the, the disinformation of the enemy. And we are called as a church to set captives free. And that's what we want to do. So the first is the disinformation of God's blessing. The disinformation of God's blessing. See, Satan comes along and says, man, you're a child of God. You've been born again. Dang it. He's saying I lost. Well, what can I do? I'm going to mess him up. That's what I'm going to do. And he's like, hey, you're saved. So you're just going to automatically receive God's blessing. And that's what people think. Well, I raised my hand, pastor, and I, I got baptized. So why am I struggling? God loves me, doesn't he? Well, yeah, he loves you. But that doesn't mean you're going to experience all his blessings because you need to get the truth. And this is one of those. Okay, you ready for it? God, yeah, that's a throat punch. God's love is unconditional. You can't earn your way to become a child of God. There is nothing you can do. It's like being born. How were you born? Did you say, mom and dad make me? You know, is that how it? No, it didn't work that way, right? No, you come together, you're born. And any good parent loves that child. And no matter what happens... You know, your child's going to do stupid things. You did stupid things, right? Oh, what is this, the holy roller crowd? Come on, in high school, junior high, you didn't do anything stupid. And your kids are going to do it. Live with it. But what is, you don't take your love away from them. Yeah, you made a mistake. Yeah, you sinned. Yeah, you did wrong. So did I. But you know what? I'm going to love you no matter what. Uh, love is unconditional, and God's love is unconditional. You cannot do anything to make God not love you. Okay, if you're a child of God, there is nothing you can do. Now, as a parent, we get disappointed with choices our kids make, right? If you're a parent, if you've never got frustrated with your child, we want you to come host a parenting seminar, okay? Well, no, actually, we'll probably kick you out of the church because you're a liar. Because every parent struggles with that. That was a bad statement. But anyway, you get it. Every parent has a struggle with their kids, but, but you love them through it, and God's love is unconditional. But his blessing is not. His blessing is not. So you have to follow God's word for the blessing. He's not going to take his love from you. It's not a heaven and hell thing. But if you want the blessing of God, you have to follow the word of God. And if you remember when I preached in August, that was my whole basis. If you want the blessings of God, they're there. That's why God gave us his word. When Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. He didn't say it because he's a megalomaniac. 
everybody's Googling that. What's a mega? It's not because his ego's so big, you know, like I want everyone to obey me because of me, me. No, he knew if you obey his word, you're going to be like a house planted on a rock, founded on a foundation of a rock that when the storms of life come, you're still going to be standing and your life is going to be blessed. But if you don't do it according to the word of God, you're not going to have the blessing and you're going to be like a house built upon the sand. And when the problems come, you're going to collapse. And so many Christians in our churches, not radiant, just church general, they're broke, busted, and disgusted, and that's not the way it's supposed to be. God wants to bless you, but the blessings comes according to his word. And think about it. That's just like a parent. You know, you're trying to help your son. Son, I want to, you know, I want to help you buy a house or something like that. You know, here's some money. And they go out and they buy some crystal meth, and they're stoned out of their mind. <laughs> what are you going to do? Well, that didn't work. Let me give you some more, son. Is that what you're going to do? If you are, you probably should go to a parenting class. But yet we expect God, God, I misused your money. I'm spending it on myself. I'm greedy. I'm that, that. But can I have more? No, you have to follow God's word for the blessings. That's why I'm saying I'm a prosperity gospel preacher, but you don't get prosperity by sending money into a pastor on TV. You get prosperity by following God's word and you have the blessing of God's word. And blessing isn't always money. Blessing is the peace and joy that comes with the Holy Spirit. That's what we want. That's the closest you're going to get to being a J.J. Vasquez moment of a sermon. So anyways, the second disinformation is, the, uh, is regarding generosity and stewardship. Regarding generosity and stewardship. I meet so many Christians. They're one-legged Christians. Oh, yeah, I love Jesus, and I just want to give. I just want to bless others. I love to just give. I see a homeless person. I'm just open my wallet. I'm just giving. You know, when I hear about a need overseas, I'm just, I'm, hey, I don't have any money and I'm in debt and I'm, this is just putting me further in debt. But you know, I just love Jesus. They have no stewardship in their life. And you meet a one-legged generosity Christian, if they go too far, they're becoming irresponsible now with their money. And God's going, I'm not going to bless you if you don't know how to steward it well. But then you get to the other one-legged Christian. Oh, yeah, I've got my 401k. I'm going to retire by the time I'm 45. You know, I got it all banked up. Poor person. Well, that was their own fault. That was their stupidity they didn't plan. And I'm not giving my good, hard-earned money away to them. It's my money. You know, I earned it. I... And you see what happens if they become out of balance on stewardship. They become what? Scrooge, right? A miser. What are we supposed to be? A balanced Christian. And that's what we're supposed to be. Steward your money well so that you can be generous. Why? Because the question isn't, can I give? It's, should I give? And are you living in the life according to God's principles that Pastor Aaron's going to be teaching over the next several weeks? We're hoping to have seminars and everything so that you can literally have stewardship and generosity and balance in your life. That's what we want. That's our goal for you. Last end with this idea. So it's not either or, it's both and. You should be balanced, balanced in your life. You should steward your money well, but then you need to be generous with what God has given you. And why? Well, that's the last is the disinformation. The last is the disinformation regarding stewardship. And this literally is where Satan's winning, I think. Even within good evangelical churches, like Radiant. Because we hear about the tithe, and people start getting the mind, okay, you're right, pastor, you're right. It says there about tithing, giving to the Lord, and all that. I've given my 10% or whatever percent between you and the Lord you give. I've done that. Now I got 90% for me. I can buy whatever I want. Woo, it's all mine. I'll give him the 10%. That's good, God. I'll, I'll be good with that. Wee, 
I get all the toys. I get everything. And then we wonder why we get into financial pressure and problems. And remember, I mean, I know millionaires who are messed up in their money, and I know poor people who are messed up in their money. It's not the amount of money. It's the stewardship of what they do with their money. And the disinformation that Satan has put into your mind is it's your money. 10% God, 90% yours. No, no, no. The truth, it's not yours. None of it's yours. It's all God's. It's not yours. It's God's. Psalm 24.1 says, the earth is the Lord and all that it contains. Everything is the Lord's. So I love Psalm 50. It's a, it says that the, cat, the Lord owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He doesn't ask us for food. He, 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 he can take care of his own business because it's all his. He just lets us manage what, what is his and let us steward it. And that's what we're called to do. And the question is, how are you stewarding it? If you're being good and you're being faithful, God is going to reward you and he's going to give you more. But if you're being irresponsible, why would you expect God to give you more? Does that make sense? I mean, isn't that how you are with your... I mean, again, I love just simple. I'm not that smart. Just keep it simple. Look at parents. I mean, I got one child being responsible and one being irresponsible. I know we're supposed to love them all equally, but I'm not stupid. I'm not going to give it to this one and watch them waste away the money I've earned. And, and all that, I'm going to be generous, but, I, but this one's stewarding it well, and this one, hey, why don't you take care of all my money? I trust you. It's like financial planners. If you have a financial planner and you're losing all your money, he's probably not the guy you want, right? You might want to run away from her. But if she's stewarding it well, what are you going to do, man? Let's get, hey, I got this person. Hey, this woman's helping me. Hey, and you start talking about it. You start because they see that they're good stewards, and that's what God wants for you. He wants to be able to say to Satan, see your lies, they didn't work. Look how good they're stewarding what I gave them. Let me give them more. You look at Luke, the passage in Luke there, chapter 10, where it talks about if you're faithful in the little things, you're gonna get more. And we always, and it's true, and even in the Matthew passage, which is next, where Jesus, we're all hoping for Jesus to say to us one day, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Because you were faithful with the little things, we want to be entrusted with many things. We, we love that idea, and, and it is heaven. It is heaven, but don't you think it applies on earth also? That's what God wants to do. He wants to advance his kingdom, and what he's going to do is he's going to rise up, raise up people who are going to help advance his kingdom, who steward his things well, and that's what God's calling us to do. Paul and I tell this story. When we, lived, when we were stationed in England in the Air Force, we had these wall units uh, everybody in the clinic was going out and buying these oak wall units. I don't know why, but they cost more than I think my car. But my, my wife, you know, we wanted these wall units. I, and so we got them and we had them and we brought them back to America with us. And, and then when we got called to the mission field, we gave almost everything, literally gave almost everything away, sold our house, gave it all away, except my wife wanted these wall units. Okay, they're heirlooms. She wanted to pass them down to the kids. That's good. There's nothing wrong with that. Good stewardship, I think. And so we had some friends who said, hey, when you're overseas, we'll watch them, and then whenever God calls you off the mission field, we'll give them back to you, but we'll steward them for you. So, okay, great. So 12 years, we're in the Middle East, and then God called us back, and uh, you know, this, many of you know that story, and God called us straight. And so we went, and we were up at our home church, and, or our, our former home church. This is our home church. In fact, when we came off the mission field up north, and, and we visited our friends, and we said, okay, we want to give this to one of our children, and we'd like the wall units back in there. No, they kind of look nice here. We kind of like them. Yeah, okay. Can we pick them up? No. Well, this is become an awkward conversation. <laughs> so what do you do? Well, they still have the wall units to this day. Why? Because my wife and I have learned the best things in life aren't things. Wow. 
And are you going to break relationship? Are you going to do that because of things? Things don't matter. They're going to burn in the end. Eternity is what matters. And relationships and love and joy and peace and Holy Spirit, that's what's important, not about things. But you know what's the honesty? God used that to speak to Martin and say, what about what you're holding on to? You know it's mine. Are you over there going, no, I want to keep it. No, God, why, why should I be generous? And I'd like to sit up here and tell you, you know, I'm such a spiritually mature Christian. I, did, I was just checking my tithe, and we had set a certain percentage that my wife and I wanted to give of the regular tithe. And I looked and I checked, and you know what? I was actually giving more. And here you think I'm such a spiritual guy. <laughs> going to get up here and preach to you about giving. My first thought was, man, I got to cut back. <laughs> I literally. And then I started wrestling with it. Again, I get, I get it. You've already proven you're the holy roller crowd. But, but some of you might wrestle with me like, man, I, I don't want to be generous. I don't, it's my, I want to keep, I can use it, I can buy, I can do No. All of it belongs to the Lord. This is what we have to remember. Now, the antidote for all this disinformation is very clear. You've been to Sunday school class, you know what the answer is. It's Jesus. Because any man who had the goal to stand on this earth and say, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, no one comes to the Father but through me. Anyone who had the guts to say that, either he is a nut job that you should run as far away from, or he is who he says he is. And I love what one pastor says, anybody who predicts and pulls off his own death and resurrection is somebody you should listen to. Because I don't know about you, but I haven't seen too many people predict their own death and resurrection. Why do I believe the Bible? Why do I want to study? Why are we the next several weeks going to, Pastor Aaron, going to be looking at the word of God to teach us his biblical principles? Why? Because the Bible, you know, the Bible, we stand upon the Bible. No, we stand upon Jesus who believed in the word of God. It's all about the resurrection of a man who predicted his own death and resurrection for your sins. And it all starts with there because Jesus said, why gain the whole world? Why talk about financial resources and you lose your own soul? And I just want to end right now by just asking, maybe you've listened to the ultimate disinformation from Satan. You've been listening to that. It's okay. You can do it your way. It's okay. Just keep being a good person. Yeah, be a little generous and yeah, go to church some and say your prayer. It's okay. Satan says, it's okay. You can get to heaven that way. It's the greatest lie. You can't. I love you enough to throat punch you right now and say you can't. And your life is messed up because you have not built it on the foundation of the truth which is Jesus Christ. Truth is a proposition. Yes, it is the word of God, but it is also personal. It is Jesus Christ, the living word of God. And you can't earn your way to salvation. That's the, the truth is it's already been earned for you. Jesus literally said these kind of things, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. You can't get to the Father but through me. You have to decide right now, are you trying to get to heaven? Are you trying to get to the Father in heaven through your own way, through your own effort, or are you going to do it Jesus' way? Because there's no, I got to tell you the truth. That's the disinformation of Satan. You can do it your way. The truth is you have to do it Jesus' way. And which it means you don't do anything. It's already been done for you. Christianity isn't a work salvation religion. Christianity is a faith-based religion. You put your faith in the finished work of the one who died for your sins and rose again. And you've all heard me, every time I preach, I say it, July 7th, 1980, I had to make a decision. Am I going to keep living my way, my messed up life that keeps failing me? Or am I finally going to give it all and surrender and say, I'm going to put my faith in the one who says 
that he loves me and died for me. And he can give me a new life. And when I made that decision, everything changed. God's love is unconditional. And then if you live according to his word after that, his blessings will come to you. But right now, at this moment, I ask you, are you ready to throw away the lie of Satan and put your faith in Jesus Christ? Would you bow your head and close your eyes, please? Just as the Lord is speaking to you right now, I just want to ask you, are you, are you trusting in anything? Do you think you're going to heaven because you've been good? Do you think you're going to heaven because you, know, you go to church, you grew, raised in a Christian home, or you've come to the point where you're saying, no, I need Jesus. I've been doing it my way, and I've been listening to this lies of this world. I want to put it right now into the truth. I want to give it all to Jesus. If that's you, I'm not going to ask you to come forward. We're not going to ask you to stand, but we are going to ask you to raise your hand at the count of three as a declaration before God. And that's what it is. It's not for us, but it's before God that you're saying, Lord, I want to give my life to you. I want to believe. I'm going to, I'm going to make that decision right now. If that's you and you want to be freed from, by the truth of Jesus Christ, would you raise your hand at three? One, two, three. Just raise your hand and just put it right back down. Thank you. I see those hands. Praise God. Hallelujah. You can just put them right back down. God sees it. And God, and you, right now, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to ask for anything. You just thank him right now in your seat. And you say, thank you, Lord, that you died for my sins. Thank you that you took all my messed upness and you buried it at the cross and now it's forgiven. Thank you that you are now accepting me as a child of the living God. Thank you that I am now not who I was, but I am who you want me to be. And life eternal is mine right now. I thank you, Lord. You don't ask, you thank because it's already been done 2,000 years ago. He did it, and now you are receiving it, and this is a day of salvation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I pray for every person. Just bless them, Lord, beyond all that they ask or imagine. We thank you that you are still a God who saves. You are still a God who calls people to be your children. We'll give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Let's give a praise for those people who made that decision. Oh, come on, we can do better than that. People's lives just got radically changed. Isn't it good? Amen. If you just made that decision, we're so proud of you. We're, we're here with you. We're, we're gonna continue praying for you. And uh, we just, we believe so much in you and what God's doing in your life that we've already prepared a package of resources that are gonna help you alongside this journey uh, with Jesus, whether or not it's a recommitment and you've been knowing God for a while, or maybe it's the very first time. Either way, if you would grab that card and on the seat back in front of you, it says my response at the top of it. Just let us know how you responded today and then the address to send those resources to. And we'll get those out this week, uh, which will be awesome. And then also, if you're a guest with us, this is the card uh, that I, on the flip side of that card is the card I mentioned earlier. And I'll be asking for that actually as we kind of wind down the service now. So if you'll go ahead and get that ready as well. But before we move on, can we give it up for Pastor Doug? Awesome. <clears throat> um, we're, we're thankful that you throat punch us. I've been throat punched uh, quite a few times by Pastor Doug, and uh, it's good. It's good stuff. So we love you, honor you, and uh, love you and Paula so much. But um, we're going to move into a time of worshiping God through our giving um, before we close out today. And, you know, giving is, as you heard, just it's stewardship. It's something that that God modeled way before he asked us to be generous. He did that for us by giving his son something precious to him. 
Um, and so we're just thankful that God did that for us and modeling that. But if you're new here, if you're a guest with us, this isn't a time that's aimed at you. It's really for those that call Radiant Church home. And so if you're a guest, just that one connection card is really the, the best thing you can give to us today. But for those that do call Radiant Church home, you know, there, like you know, there's three ways to give. Those are on the screen and you can give right here in the service with the envelope and the seat back. Um, you can give online like my wife and I do, or as Pastor Doug said, just via text. It's all safe. It's all secure. And it's really not about the method. It's about the heart. But I, um, I love the fact that our church is so generous and I get to see it firsthand. And I know sometimes you guys are so faithful and you're so just generous with everything, your time and your resources. And sometimes we forget that it's attached to like actual people and real life change and real efforts in our community. So I just wanted to read a quick story uh, for you this morning. We actually did our very first uh, community event for our Brandon location yesterday. Yeah, come on. Got some Brandon represented. Um, at Paul Sanders Park, and it was just an amazing time. The future is bright for that location, but we received this on our Brandon Location Facebook page after our event. Uh, it says this, we spent our Saturday at the park. About an hour and a half after our, our arrival, I noticed a church group setting up bounce houses, food, and banners everywhere, you know, radiant, we put signage everywhere. Um, I assumed it was a private party, and in quotations, another church fundraiser. Boy, was I wrong. Not only are all of the people from Radiant Church friendly, they were encouraging everyone to join them. Every kid at the playground was invited to all of Radiant's bounce houses, toys, and activities. They fed everybody, the entire park, and even a popsicle cart too. It is wonderful to see an entire playground slash park enjoying a beautiful Saturday together, all made possible by Radiant Church. Thank you. You know, and here's the thing. Here's what I want you to catch. Radiant Church isn't the Britain Plaza. It's not Blake High School. It's not Canterbury. You are Radiant Church. You are the ones that they were thinking. And so your dollars, your cents, your investment, your stewardship is going to make a difference. I believe that this lady and her family are going to attend Radiant Church, that they're going to find life and life more abundantly, that their whole family tree is going to be changed because of your generosity to, to provide some barbecue and some bounce houses. So don't forget that you're changing the world. Radiant Church. So we're thankful for the grace of God and your generosity. Let me pray for you. Father, we do thank you so much, again, that you modeled this way before you asked us to do it. Lord, we just pray a blessing over our church, over every individual, over every household, over every business, God, that you would increase their influence and that you would expand their territory for your name's sake. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.